Our um, scripture reading this morning, uh, the first one is found in Luke 6, 20 to 31. Those are the Beatitudes. And uh, I think we all really appreciate these. Uh, Looking at his disciples, he said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of God. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy because great is reward in heaven. For that is how their ancestors treated the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have already received your comfort. Woe to you who are well fed now, for you will go hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when everyone speaks well of you, for that is how their ancestors treated the false prophets. But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn to them the other also. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. And going to Ephesians 1, 11 to 23. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. In order that we who were the first to put our hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and is incomparable great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. For above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet, and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him 
who fills everything in every way. Amen. Now, uh, Matthew gives us the familiar Beatitudes. Luke comes along and uh, throws us a curveball. He gives us the Beatitudes and there's something familiar about them, but somehow it just doesn't match what Matthew said Jesus said. Now we never know. Uh, maybe somebody heard Jesus on Friday and somebody else heard him on Sunday. Maybe, uh, maybe Jesus taught it both ways. But uh, whatever... Uh, where, wherever it started with Jesus, and it did start with Jesus, uh, Luke wants us to hear the Beatitudes with the woes. And that's not a woe like that. Yes, that's a woe like a woe. Woe is me. I remember with a group of friends sitting in a dormitory room, and I don't know how many times we sang it. Uh, Gloom, despair, agony on me, deep, dark depression. Um, but uh, Luke sets it up this way. And, and if you listen carefully, if you caught it, the, the blessings don't seem like much of a blessing. Blessed are the hungry. Blessed are those who are grieving. Blessed are those who are persecuted. What kind of blessing is that? And then he turns it around. Well, woe to you that are full. Woe to you that are happy. Woe to you that uh, have all you, all you want. And woe to you if people are saying good things about you. That's the one that scares a preacher, of course. Um, what's, what's he getting at? Well, uh, if you study the saints of the church, most of them lived lives of poverty. Uh, most of them uh, gave away most of what they had and then some. And uh, many of them were not liked nor appreciated within the church or within their their community. Uh, and many of them lived sad, mournful lives. Now, how would we recognize saints today? Of course, we're not one of those older denominations. We're not Roman Catholic, we don't we don't have a you know a process for deciding who's a saint and who's not. You don't have to perform miracles or have proof, you know, that you uh, you you lived a, a near perfect life. Uh, we we pretty much uh, call anybody in the church a saint especially if they've already died and we know they're not sinning anymore now. Uh, some of you are saintly. 
some are more saintly than others. But uh, how do we how do we recognize a saint? I, I'm I'm gonna make it simple for you. In, in the lesson from Ephesians, uh, there's there there are a few words there that jump out at me because they're repeated twice within the, the passage we had. And and basically what the writer is telling us is that uh, when when we become part of the church. And when we uh, we receive God's gift, which which is the Holy Spirit, which is uh, coming from our baptism in in the name of Jesus Christ, and when we take our place in the church, it's all for the praise of God's glory. And then when we live out that life, and when we share with others, and when we we do our duty as Christians, it continues to bring praise to God's glory. Now, I know you're disappointed. Jennings didn't, you know, he didn't create that phrase. He, he just catches the word glory. But uh, this is just one of the many sources in, in Scripture. But the, but the writer of Ephesians is describing the church of his day. And uh, he's talking about us who have uh, come through difficult times and, and who have uh, maybe, maybe had to struggle one way or another, uh, maybe in business and work, maybe in school, or, or maybe we just struggle to try to understand what, what life and what God are all about. It doesn't matter how what the answers are, how many answers we have. There, there are always more questions. You know, you know how that is. You, uh, you've been wondering something for a long time, so finally you get an answer, and uh, then you wonder, well, what about this? What about that? Now, I'm not talking about the diagnosis like I've got, where the doctors don't even know what it is. Of course, that raises questions for me, but I'm. I'm talking about the other deeper, uh, more uh, eternal questions. How, how do we know we're saved? How do we know we're living the way God wants us to? How do we know? Well, some say you just go to the Bible. That's a good start. I highly recommend it. But then you got so many people saying this and that and, you know, interpreting it one way and then another way. And even within the Gospels themselves, you've got two forms of the, of the, uh, the Beatitudes. Some people can get confused. And one, of the, one of the answers to this confusion and these questions is you, you don't go to the Bible alone. You find other people and you, you study with them and you, uh, you check the, the historical sources and uh, those who have uh, you know, founded denominations like our own John Wesley. and you, you find something that makes sense to you, something that you can understand. And you find other people who agree with you. And uh, the point is, we're, we're not just trying to find something to prove ourselves right. 
We try and find what it is that contributes to the praise of God's glory. There's a story told about the, during World War II, a group of soldiers were out on a mission and they got lost and they were trying to find their way back through the enemy lines. And finally one of them pulled out a map of this mountain and they used that map and they got back to safety. When they got there, somebody looked at his map and said, uh, how did you use this? This is not the mountain you were on. Well, you know, so what? <laughs> we got out of it. Now, if we can uh, work through this thing of being a church, we know there are a lot of interpretations and a lot of ways of understanding Scripture. And it's not just like any other book. It's a, it's a unique book. And... Uh, it's no less inspired writing than it should be inspired reading and inspired understanding. And I'm not talking about your own study group. I'm talking about the study group that is open to God's Spirit and God's guidance. Well, any sermon go on and on. But I, I want you to consider why we do what we do as a church. Who we are as a church. Uh, what it means to us, each of us individually, and what it means to us as a, as a congregation. Um, that may be enough for today. I'm not even going to propose we go on and try to figure out the denomination. The denomination's trying to do that itself. Um, we're a loving group of people. And uh, I wonder sometimes how it is God doesn't send more people our way. I don't know whether we're just not contacting them or if uh, they just don't know where we are up on this hill. But I know that when others see that what we do as Christian people and, and, and we do as Christian people that it's not just for, for our benefit it's for the praise of God's glory. Now, this lesson uh, cuts through all of the, all, all the different parts of life. Um, it's, it's not just a matter of obedience to Scripture or uh, it's not just a matter of responsiveness to God, but it's a, it's a matter of understanding all of life lived in the presence of God. All of life lived in relationship with God and with God's people and inviting and encouraging others to be part of that fellowship and it's, it's, as, it's, as, it's as real as the food we eat and how we eat it. I eat a lot of meals alone. I'm really glad when I can get out and have, have food with somebody else. And uh, 
that is more mindful, or that reminds me more of, of this meal that we share. Although I wouldn't forget this when I eat alone. To the praise of God's glory. That uh, life in all its complexity and all of its simplicity is, uh, is God's invitation for us to share to share with one another, to, uh, to live in relationship knowing that God is part of our relationship. And so as we come to the table, and we don't come one at a time. We, we, we flock to the table as a congregation. Uh, as, as we come to the table, we don't, we don't really eat alone. We Pass the bread, pass the cup, and you're invited to uh, to this participation of the bread and cup, and invited and encouraged to remember this: wherever you eat, whenever you share a meal or share a table with anybody else. Let us pray. God, may all we do bear witness to Your glory. May all we say give witness to Your glory. May all we give and the way we give it bring praise to Your glory. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Almighty God, Creator of heaven and earth, God of Abraham and Sarah, God of Miriam and Moses, God of Joshua and Deborah, God of Ruth and David, God of the priests and the prophets, God of Mary and Joseph. 
God of the apostles and the martyrs, God of our mothers and our fathers, God of our children to all generations. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we raise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord. Holy, holy, holy Lord. God of power and might. God of power and might. Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Son Jesus Christ by the baptism of his suffering death and resurrection you gave birth to your church delivered us from slavery to sin and death and made with us a new covenant by water and the spirit on the night in which he gave himself up for us he took bread gave thanks to you broke the bread gave it to his disciples and said take eat this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this all of you. This is my cup of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us who are gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them, make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. Renew our communion with all your saints, especially those we have named before you and those we name in our hearts. Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, strengthen us to run with perseverance the race that is set before us looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. By your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world. Until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your son, Jesus Christ, 
with the Holy Spirit in your holy church. All honor and glory is yours, Almighty God, now and forever. Amen, amen.